Hey all, this is Sean Gerber. Thank you for listening today, but before we get started, I have a couple of questions for you. Are you caught in the daunting maze of CISSP preparation, unable to find your way forward? That's precisely where I found myself when I began studying for the CISSP. Overwhelmed would be an understatement. There are now an ocean of CISSP training programs available, and are you unsure which ones to trust? I remember the struggle, but there was nothing accessible to me outside of the pricey boot camps. And that's precisely why CISSP Cyber Training came into existence, to illuminate your pathway towards acing the CISSP exam. At CISSP Cyber Training, I've forged the CISSP blueprint into a step-by-step guide to navigate you through the intricacies of the CISSP journey designed to provide you the direction and guidance you need to pass the CISSP exam confidently. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to what one of my students, Kevin Fallon, had to say about the CISSP blueprint. This is precisely what I needed in your course, direction. The blueprint is the perfect roadmap to stay on track. I appreciate its clarity and tangible sense of progress it brings. A phenomenal tool for revision. And then there was another from Christopher Wagstaff. Sean Gerber, your guidance was invaluable throughout the CISSP study and certification process. Thank you for breaking the monotony. Once you've wrapped up with the podcast, make your next stop, CISSPCybertraining.com, and let's together turn the tide in your favor, meeting your CISSP goals and catapulting your career in cybersecurity. Now, without further ado, let's get going. Giddy up. Welcome to the Reduce Cyber Risk Podcast, where we provide you the training and tools you need to pass the CISSP exam while enhancing your cybersecurity career. Hi, my name is Sean Gerber, and I'm your host for this action-packed, informative podcast. Join me each week as I provide the information you need to grow your cybersecurity knowledge so that you're better prepared to pass the CISSP exam. All right, let's get going. Hey, all this is Sean Gerber with Reduce Cyber Risk Podcast, episode 28 of the CISSP exam questions, domain eight. Hope you all are having a wonderful week this week. Uh, this is going to be a follow-on to some of the domain questions we had before around uh, CISSP domain eight. Uh, this is software development security in domain eight. All right, and we're going to be pulling these questions, a lot of these, from uh, techtarget.com. This is Domain 8 Quiz uh, for Law and Investigations and Ethics. That's where you're going to find those. All right, so let's roll into the question number one. There are different categories of evidence depending upon what form it is in and possibly how it was collected. Which of the following is considered supporting evidence? A, best evidence. B, corroborative evidence. C, conclusive evidence d direct evidence okay so question one there are different categories for evidence depending upon what form it is in and possibly how it was collected which of the following is considered supporting evidence a best evidence b corroborative evidence c conclusive evidence d direct evidence all right so you read the question you got to kind of go through there and you look at supporting what would be supporting well, supporting, if you kind of pull out that word, uh, that would the next best alternative would be corroborative evidence. Basically, it can't stand alone, but it's got to have it as an additional piece of evidence. 
that is corroborative. And I probably just butchered the, how that word is said, but hey, that's, I don't know what to tell you on that one. <laughs> My third grade education is coming out. So question two, computer generated or electronic information was most often categorized as what type of evidence? Computer generated or electronic information is most often categorized as what type of evidence? A, best. B, hearsay, hearsay. C, corroborative, or D, opinion. Okay, so computer-generated or electronic equipment is most often categorized as what type of evidence? Now, many would probably glob on to the fact that, ooh, it's best evidence because it's computers and it's like ones and zeros, and yeah, you can't really mess with that. But yes, you can. You can, you can mess around with computer information and make it look however you want it to make it look. So the bottom line is, is that it is considered be hearsay. Um, basically, the fact of it is it's used as a, it, it can be added into this to add a little contextual uh, contextual context. Yeah, I'm using that word multiple times, but adds adds some flavor to the, the discussion. But at the end of the day, it can be modified, so therefore it should not be used as uh, a corroborative evidence or best evidence. It's more just kind of, yeah, it's out there, it did happen, um, but... Maybe it could add a little bit to the flavor of the investigation. Question three, which type of law punishes the individuals with financial restitution instead of jail penalties? A, tort. B, administrative. C, criminal. D, regulatory. Which type of law punishes individuals with financial restitution instead of jail penalties? All right, A, tort. B, administrative. C, criminal, D, regulatory. And the answer is A, tort. It's a time of, type of civil law that deals only with financial restitution or community service as punishment. So, again, that's uh, typically what it, they, and this, this is the article from uh, Tech Target. Typically, civil lawsuits do not require the degree of burden or proof that criminal cases require, which we all know from the CISSP training at SeanGerber.com um, that that is the case. And administrative law deals with government-imposed regulations on large organizations and companies in order to protect the safety and best interest of their employees and customers. So, tort is a type of civil law that deals only with financial restitution or community service as punishment. And in this case, the question was around financial institution instead of jail penalties. And the answer is a tort. All right, question four, which we've got give me a bonus question today. Which of the following is an attack that uses tools to in intercept electronic communication signals using passively instead of actively? Okay, which of the following is an attack using tools to intercept electronic communication signals usually, usually passively instead of actively? A, masquerading. B, social engineering. C, wiretapping. D, salami. Yeah, the salami is a good one. That, 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 would, that would make sense. But if you, you go through these, you could pretty much figure this one out pretty quickly. It's C, wiretapping, right? So it's collecting uh, electronic signals. This is the wiretap laws that are out there. These things, the interesting part about wiretap laws was that they were enable, enacted back during the, uh, the initial ones were during the Morse code or the teletype kind of thing. And then they were brought in board when they had the, the people would go and plug in the the operator would plug in the cable to connect you to a new location. Um, and so those wiretap laws were put in place because a lot of times the operators would be listening in on conversations. Uh, but needless to say, that is question four. 
All right. I hope you like this. I hope you like these questions. Again, you can go check these out at techtarget.com or you can check them out at seangerber.com. I'll have these questions available for you as well. Uh, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. And if other than that, we'll catch you on the flip side. See ya. Thanks so much for joining me today on my podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate the feedback. Also, check out my CISSP videos that you can find out on YouTube. Just search for Sean, S-H-O-N, Gerber, like the baby food, toilet, or whatever you choose. And then you will find a plethora of content to help you pass the CISSP exam the first time. Lastly, head over to SeanGerber.com and look at the cornucopia of free CISSP materials available to all my email subscribers. Thanks again for listening. See ya. Thanks so much for listening today, as it was my pleasure to prep you for the CISSP exam. But are you interested in some free CISSP exam questions? Head on over to CISSPQuestions.com and sign up to join my email list, and you will gain access to 30 free CISSP questions each and every month. That's a total of 360 questions just for signing up with CISSP Cyber Training. You will also gain access to other free resources, so just head on over to freeCISSPQuestions.com or CISSPCybertraining.com and sign up today. All right, have a wonderful day, and we'll catch you on the flip side. See you.